So this weekend, Justin, I went to C2E2, the Chicago Comic Entertainment Expo. Two C's, two E's. Or as I like to call it, Kuta Eta. Um, and in years past, it was pretty, um, like, it was pretty, like, obviously it's comics heavy. But, like, it had a big emphasis on, you know, your superhero comics and whatnot. And now... The weebs have taken over. Oh, that's good, right? I don't care. I mean, like, I like, <laughs> I mean, like, I like, like, I think that there are probably people who like went this week and uh-huh. last year, I imagine, too, that were like upset over like how much anime manga stuff there was. I yeah. don't mind because I like that stuff. Uh, and also like whatever, like culture changes, entertainment changes, whatever. Um, but wow. Have you heard of this anime stuff? It's huge. Anime is a big deal. It's a big deal. Oh, uh, I better change the way I've been living my life to make anime at the forefront and only think about it. Justin Makovich, what are you going to do today to change your life so that anime is a bigger part of it? Uh, just probably keep playing Xenoblade Chronicles 3. <laughs> it's actually not a bad place to start. Uh, yeah, that's actually a pretty good place to start. There's a lot of... I'll say this. Um, my Hero Academia. Yeah. A show we both like. I've never read the manga. Sounds like I know you have. I, I'm ahead. I didn't read like the initial episodes, but I've read, I've kept up to date with the most recent released ones because I'm past where the anime is. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, um, that show and like, I guess manga is a marketing, like it's so, it has such smart marketing in that like it is designed for fan communities because if you want to do a cosplay, one of those characters, uh, like, Unless you want to, like, go all out and, like, do one of their full, like, costumes. You know what I mean? Like, superhero costumes. All you need is the fucking, like, blue track shorts and, like, a blue, like, workout shirt with, like, the thing on it. You know what I mean? Yeah, And then, like, a fun wig and you're good to go. And you can be any character in that show. Or, like, the little, like, the school uniforms. Same thing. I mean, you could put on any wig probably with that outfit and be fine. There's a character right. for any wig out there. Because there's like 12 of them, right? Yeah. It's like, oh, I've got this kind of like long, dark wig. Oh, okay, sure. Yeah, you're any number of characters. Um, S- same with uh, Squid Game. I know that's not quite where you're going with this, but like... Similar how, thing, yeah. How easy is it to just dress up in one of those jumpsuits Track and say, suit, yeah. hey... It's me from Squid Game. <laughs> you know. <laughs> so C2E2. The weeds oh, have sorry, taken over. That. <laughs> yes. Um, it's huge, man. My anime and manga is huge. I'm out there trying to find some nice figmas. Figmas, like uh, they're Max, Max Factory little anime figures. Ooh. Um, I've been trying to collect the whole Persona Phantom Thieves set. Uh, the problem is, because they, they have them all, but the problem is they're not all like, they just do like limited runs of everyone. And then sometimes they'll do reissues. Um, but... They're not doing that that often. So, like, some of those characters are tough to find. I found one of Yusuke, uh, which was quite exciting because it's, like, $500 on, like, eBay and stuff like that. And I am not paying $500 for that. <laughs> I will pay a portion of that, uh, which I did because I did snag him. I wasn't going to let that just slip through my fingers, you know. Um, but, hey, C2E2 is a good time. If, you, if you've never been, uh, I'd highly recommend it. So what is your time generally filled up doing when you're at a conference like that or convention? So I, I know that a lot of people love to go to panels. I don't really get a whole lot of out of panels, um, especially like 
Because the smaller ones are always like a little too niche for me. Uh, and then the bigger ones are always like a little bit too too many people for me. You know what I mean? Just like everyone's going to sit and we're all going to watch Paul Rudd or whoever do whatever. <laughs> um, but so for me, uh, as someone who likes to cosplay, you get, you get your cosplay ready. You put that on. And then you're just walking about. You're taking pictures with kids uh, and whoever else. And then I just love to look at all the booths, see what's being sold. Because uh, sometimes uh, you, you said it's booths? cool stuff. Yeah. Okay, booths. What did you think I said? I heard Kay. boobs. <laughs> Come on. Come on. Who do you think I am? What is this show? What are you? Why are you degrading the quality of our show, Justin? Not, that's what I heard. I was a little shocked. <laughs> yeah, me. I'm just walking around being like, auga. You know, at all these great boobs, Justin. Thanks, man. No, seriously. Uh, I'm walking around looking at the booths, looking <laughs> at, um, you know, because like some some of the vendors are really cool. Some of them are like, you know, like handmade stuff, like Etsy stuff that are stuff that you would find on Etsy and, or whatever. Or like, you know, artists. There's a whole artist alley and everything like that. Uh, but then other times there's just garbage and junk. <laughs> and that's my favorite stuff to look at because it's just like, yo, someone went through like you know their mom's house found all their old stuff and is just selling it for twenty dollars and i love <laughs> i love to look at that and be like what do you have here and you think this is worth this much money um but hey, and the fact that they went through the whole process to get a booth ready <laughs> exactly exactly and it's like you don't you can't do it for free you know what i mean um it's like it costs money to, to open that up so you must be selling them if, if, if you're able to you know be there every single year <laughs> um but so yeah, sometimes you find some good some some gems hidden among the rest of the C two E two stuff. I, I have a question, um, yeah. and I don't I don't mean this to lean into the political side of things, but what was like the mask policy slash distancing policy there? So, um, similar to fucking everywhere now, th- the mask policy is just like you don't have to wear a mask, and also you don't have to be vaccinated because we live in a nightmare world um, where that even needs to be a problem. Um, but unlike other places that I've been where like I've found like that anytime I go out, I'm always wearing a mask, but it seems like 90% of people just aren't. And you know, that's where we're at. I get it. I'm tired of wearing masks too, but like just for me personally, I feel most comfortable doing that with how everything is. But at C2E2, um, it was a much bigger split. It was maybe like, 50 50 to be honest with you people wearing masks and and not i think it helps that like it's inside and so yeah. people are much more likely to be like you know what since we're in like this huge spot you know let's do masks uh so i was masked up pretty much all day other than when we were like eating and um stuff like that but uh yeah it is um it was like that and i think they have less booths than usual to try and like accommodate for a little bit you know more, more space. space yeah 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 um, which is always appreciated, but uh, it's definitely not like, you know, pre-pandemic, like you would be packed in there and it wasn't like that. But I have seen different conventions, like it, pictures of different conventions where it's like people are just like packed into places. And if it, if that were the case, I probably wouldn't go. Or if I would get there, I'd be like, hey, I don't know if I want to be like packed in, especially with I mean, like, again, not to make it too real, but like now we got monkey pucks on the rise and like, I'm not trying to be brushing up against people. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I mean, there's always something else, but I think it, I think at least what you can do if you feel uncomfortable in those situations is just wear a mask. And I think yeah. that's, you know, 
I, I think that's like the the reality that we're living with nowadays. And it's still great that we're having conventions and things like this, because I think those are always good things to go to and, and good things if you're a fan to go to. So I'm glad you were able to go there. I'm glad you were able yeah. to enjoy it. Um, and uh, what was your cosplay? So um, I did this Star-Lord one that I did like three years ago. Uh, my friend Kevin actually hit me up and he was like, hey, we're like, so he actually texted me. He was like, hey, you want to go to C2E2? And I was like, yeah, man, like, let's do it. And he's like, what are you going to wear? And I was like, I don't know, like comfortable shorts and like a T-shirt, uh, maybe like a backpack or something. <laughs> and, and he was like, no, no, like, are, are we dressing up? And I was like, we can dress up. Like, you want to dress up? We, uh, we got we got options. We want to dress up. Um, so he did one of his Spider-Man cosplays and then I did uh, I did a Star-Lord one. Fantastic. It was a good time. You know what else is a good time, Justin? This podcast, it's Hitbox. What's going on, everyone? Welcome b- 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 back to Hitbox, episode number 104. Hitbox, it's a podcast devoted to bringing you realist gaming news. My name is Peter Hunt Spitek, and joining me, as always, is my wonderful friend, my co-host, Justin Makovich. How are you, Justin? What's I'm going doing- on? Oh, you know, I went to, um, this weekend, I visited Bloomington, Indiana, um, with my fiance. Um, she went to school uh, at Indiana University, and uh, I was only throughout my time in college a happy visitor for that college. Um, but it's kind of funny because I, I know that the running joke on this podcast is that I'm saying I'm getting older. Um, and I'm not, not I, I, this isn't me saying I'm an old man on this episode, but college towns tend to have a lot of turnover with the places that are there and the you know the the mm-hmm. restaurants and the everything that you go to um and usually that's a negative thing like your favorite place is gone but yep. in the case of this weekend we found um a new uh arcade bar called the cade uh that was opened Ooh. up that was actually a lot of fun and like surprisingly busy but surprisingly not busy around the arcade machines, which I thought huh. to be like a, an odd kind of like thing. Like, you know, you go, you expect the arcade bar itself to be the thing that is the arcades uh, there to be there. Uh, but are you an arcade player? Have you played a lot of arcade games before? Um, like when I was a kid, I wasn't because we just didn't go to things like that. But now, uh, because like, I feel like arcades when I was younger, um, we're, we're having a hard time like adjusting to how people like to play video games where like it, it's expensive to go to an arcade that is like in a traditional like you know quarter arcade but um now arcades have been opening up that are like you just pay an, an entry fee and then you just play unlimited like as much as you want and that is my shit so there's one in oh gosh it's like brookfield uh galloping ghosts by us have you ever oh, been okay no i haven't been there uh it's awesome it is like 20 dollars to get in and it's just like the the building is so packed with arcade like with machines that like there's barely they ended up opening a second spot across the street for all their pinball machines oh like, that's insane that's that's how much stuff is there it's awesome um but no other than that like you know uh, i i have not been to a whole lot of arcades just because of the cost do you have like a go-to arcade game that you play i like 
all sorts of stuff. I'm a, I'm a, what was it? The Simpsons arcade game fan. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I like your Smash TV. Um, I also, I, I pretty much like any game with a light gun. I like your yeah. House of the Deads. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's a, there's like an Alien vs. Predator one that's pretty fun. Um, how about you? Um, so, I mean, the, the arcade, the, the one that I went to had much more of the classic, classic games. Um, rather than like the more like current uh, arcade games, yeah. Like so, the the ones that I I tend to like lean towards are like <laughs> like when I go there is uh, like the the Pac Man's. Uh, I played oh, yeah. um, Galaga, uh, which I know is like a, a a classic one, but I think those are fun. But the thing that uh, re- that when I was playing these ones that really kind of stuck out to me was how these games were were made to have you just bleed quarters constantly just brutal just like yeah yeah and it almost is like i i I was having fun because when you died and had a game over you can just like play again but i was like i was having that moment i'm like if every time i died i had to put another quarter in this would be insane for like how much money i would be spending uh we were playing a light gun game it was i think area 51 like an older light gun game good one Um, good one now this one had some issues. Like they had like right on the top of the screen, they said make sure you stand back for best results. Meaning to me, it was saying like, oh, it's probably not the most accurate, huh? And it wasn't yeah. that accurate. But like it seemed like every two minutes we'd have to hit the start button again because we had a game over. And I was like, we would have gone through like twenty dollars for playing this game in like five minutes. I love, I love that though. Because okay, like yes. You know they are were designed to just like take your money, (laughs) Um, like hands down. But I imagine there was probably also like, like I wasn't a kid going to arcades. But if I were, I imagine there would be some like excitement about like I got five dollars, I'm gonna go give, you know whatever a try again. And there's like that mysticism of like watching people play so you can sort of like see you know what I mean like yeah see see if you can't like find some tips or whatever. Um, Damn, I want to go do it like. I want to go to Galpin Ghost. That place is really great. <laughs> yeah, uh, if you've not awesome. been, I would highly suggest it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but we're not here to talk about arcade machines. At least I don't think so. I mean, we could. I mean, we could. <laughs> it's, not, it's it's related. Um, no, we're gonna we're gonna be talking about some news. Some of our big headlines today are new Pokemon Scarlet and Violet details. Beyond Good and Evil Two uh, gets a lead writer six years after its announcement. Xbox finally reveals its Game Pass family plan, and so many more stories will be coming your way. Um, before we get to all of that and the Metacritic Roundup, I'd just love to give you a real quick reminder that you can join us on Discord. The link to our Discord server is down below. We would love to have you. Currently, we are um, having a little competition to see who can find the who can get the highest uh, chain link attack in Xenoblade Chronicles Three. Uh, one Dave Parker is kicking my ass. Um, <laughs> uh, we're, we've got other fun stuff in there, like six word reviews that we'll be reading some more as I think people get done with Xenoblade. Uh, and another in, another like you know, eight months. In a year. Yeah. yeah. Um, you can also support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash hitboxpod. If you want to support us, get your name in the description of the episode. And um, you can find you can get some more bonus we- weekly bonus content there as well. Um, spoilers, we're talking more about Xenoblade in today's bonus episode. Because uh, we, we like it? Yeah, because we like it. Yeah, there you Justin, go. Justin, you want to you do the Metacritic Roundup here? Let's do it. Here we go. Metacritic Roundup. So we got two games um, that have Metacritic scores. Let's 
dip into last week for one moment. There weren't any scores, or, or there wasn't like an official score for the Digimon Survive uh, visual novel RPG. Uh, now there are. So on PS4, the game's got a 78, and on Switch, it's got an 80. Um, I haven't read any of these reviews other than my friend Isaiah Colbert at Kotaku played it, and they did not like it. Um, <laughs> but, you know, what can you do? Yeah, uh, I, mean, I think, like, as, you know, this will be one of those games that's kind of a slow burn. It seems like people aren't, like, in love with it, but it seems to be, you know, in, in a mid-70, 80 kind of game. So I just think, like, as more of the of the bigger publications start to review it, we'll get some more scores with it. But, um, yeah, it doesn't look like the absolute banger I was hoping for for my Fantasy League, but it looks like it'll give me some points. Yeah, not setting the world on fire, but it's certainly not going to set you back at all, it doesn't seem. Yeah. Um, up next here, we got Two Point Campus. This is um, the like not sequel to Two Point Hospital, but it's just like the follow up, uh, which is just like it's a fun management game where you are um, taking care of a school campus as opposed to a hospital. Uh, so on PC, it's got an 84, Xbox Series X an 88, and PS5 an 84. Uh, this game, like the Two Point series, uh, is pretty universally loved, I think. So this isn't a huge surprise that it reviewed pretty well. But have you ever played these? Uh, I, I have not. Um, do you know if um, this is on Game Pass or not? It seems like it would be, but I also haven't seen anything about it. Two Point Hospital might be? Um, uh, two Point Campus coming to Game Pass on... Day one, so yeah, oh, that's on yeah, Game Pass. That, I mean, that's that's just another cool thing, something to try out. And I always th- find like it, the Series X was the highest rated uh, one of those, and I think that's just kind of cool that a Game Pass game gets the highest rated one because more people try it, and people who probably normally wouldn't, you know, you wouldn't <laughs> would expect this game to be there in their wheelhouse, maybe find out like, oh, maybe I do kind of like a game like this. Yeah. Oh, one hundred percent. This seems like fun. It's it's probably not something I'm going to pick up and and touch really at all, um, but. Yeah, I just think anytime something that people are sort of on the fence about launches on Game Pass, it's always like, oh, nice. It's the same thing with, like, Escape Academy. Like, I was happy to have played that, but I was also happy to have not paid anything for it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So thanks, Game Pass. That was real clutch of you. And, like, even, like, I, I think the idea of, like, trials for games is so important because, like, you could play a game like that and, and like, preview it and, like, you know, you have, like, two hours to play it and you can pretty much understand if it's something you're going to want to play or not. And I don't think that necessarily impacts the people who are going to buy it versus people who are not going to buy it. Um, so I just think like any way you can like try out a game before you actually put money down on it, I think is a good thing. So um, not that game pass is just a, a trial system, but that's how I kind of like use game Pass is like being a trial for these games to see if I want to play it. But like, that's the thing. Like it's not like explicitly a trial thing, but like, if that's what it is to you, it can be that, you know what exactly, I mean? Like, exactly. And that's what, like, what's so nice about it is that you can just say, Hey, I want to, I want to give this a go. And if you, if it doesn't click with you, then you just move on. But if you like it, like you're in. And, and speaking of that, uh, the power wash simulator, I know that's on. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That, that's something that I've been intrigued by for quite some time. Um, but now that it's on game pass, that's something that is on my download queue and I will try out one day. Uh, let's see, this thing has, um, this is on Metacritic, it's got a 76 on PC and a 74 on, um, on Xbox, but, I mean, this thing is, like, 
one of those one of those things where you just like turn your brain off. Oh right, it's just like, like time I, to be satisfied. Like I would be shocked if a game like that got a ten out of ten. They're like great story, best story ever, changed my life. <laughs> right, exactly. Um, but I mean, like you can't be mad at that. Like uh, like these are great scores for exactly what that is. You oh, know? absolutely, absolutely. Um, so there you go. Uh, that's all we got for Metacritic Roundup. Not a whole lot of big releases this week. I think next week we've got Roller Drome, yeah. which I am excited for. Um, um, and then the other big one is uh, The Cult of the Lamb, I believe, is coming out. Oh, uh, is that? It, it's coming out either this week, uh, like around our recording, or a little bit later. So that's that was, like the, the next one. It's like a Devolver Digital Bullet Hole, like Roguelite, kind of? Or am I making that up? Um... I've seen the logo for it popping around on Twitter, but yeah, I think so. I mean, I, I thought it was a little bit more of like a. Um, I could be wrong. A little bit more of a kind of like RPG based one, but I'm not 100 percent sure about that. But I know from like early previews, people have been interested in liking it so far. Yeah, um, there were some previews for Soul Hackers too. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, people are people are not loving it. <laughs> oh, I'm I'm you're... holding steady. I'm holding the course because I think that like sometimes a game just needs some time. An RPG like that, like you know, the opening few hours might be a little tough. Xenoblade Chronicles three, uh, Xenoblade Chronicles three, its opening hours are tough. But once you get into it, once you get there, you're gonna like it a lot more. So uh, um yeah. um. It it also just seems like uh that that's like that game is like an offshoot of Persona, right? No, I don't think it's part of the Megami Tensei at all. Oh, okay, okay, never mind then. <gasps> never mind, I'll take that back. But it's like this, it's like the same shit. It's like, is is it not made by the same is it, company? It's it's by Atlas, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, but is so it, is it? It's got some of the same monsters. I know, like the Jack Frost was there. Uh, is it in the? Oh, okay. So, yes, this is an offshoot of uh, the Devil Summoners series, and the Devil Summoners series is an offshoot of the Shimagami Tensei series. <laughs> got it. Got it. Got it. Got and, it. So, and so, Persona is also an offshoot of Shimagami Tensei. So, like, they are like second cousins basically okay got it got it, got it. <laughs> you know what i mean yeah yeah so I mean, it's same realm of it but um it, yes. is, is that still something you plan on checking out or have these previews kind of like no i'm gonna play this okay. uh this is i think yeah august 25th or 26th in in the u.s um yeah i'm gonna play this uh because i didn't love shimon Kami tensei 5 but this seems to be a little bit more um closer to per, uh, a nice midway between persona and shimigami tensei so we'll see got it got it uh, uh, and, and then also and then, uh just cult of the lamb 2 is an action roguelike dungeon okay gotcha is the more specific genre got it and then also uh, at the end of the month we got uh saints row f- five or is it just called saints row i think it's just saints row but the, it's the it's the reboot that uh, i mean it, it's yeah it looks like i don't, I don't yeah. know if i need that one in my life uh, it, when the trailer was like it's bigger badder and swaggier than ever i was like wow uh <laughs> wow swaggier huh the year is 20 2013 um no there you go you've been playing anything new 
Um, so the only things I, I've basically played this week that uh, have not been Xenoblade 3 have been uh, the Mario Kart DLC. The Wave 2 of the oh, yeah. course packs came out, which came with eight new courses. Um, I I don't want to like go through... I'm not going to give you a review of each of my courses. I just want to poke a couple of ones that I think are, are standoutable. Um, so for me, my Mario Kart history... Um, is I play the most Mario Kart 64, and they have another Mario Kart 64 track uh, in Calamari Desert, um, which is like a desert with a train going through it. And I really think like this track was the way to do a remake of an old course because they change it up in significant ways that make the course better and more fun than the original version. Hmm. Um, they basically... it's they don't just do like three laps on the same course. They do the thing where one lap is one way. The second lap is a little bit different. And the third lap is a little bit different. Um, And I just like that. It just mixes up the formula a a little bit. And I think specifically with an older track like that, putting some new life into it and really thinking about how can we make this track more unique and better, um, I think makes that one stand out. The one that was a little weird for me is the new course. So I think up until this point, all of the new DLC tracks have been um, just old tracks that from other games that they've like changed mechanics or things like that in them. But this pack has a Sky High Sunday, which is a brand new course. Uh, hmm. That's the first time it's been on any kind of Mario Kart game. And it's just kind of disappointing. Um, it's, it's not like horrible. But like it's just very forgettable. Um, I, I don't. There's not like fun shortcuts to take. Um, the the uh, actual physics to it. I was reading up on the course. They have the whole thing uh, have underwater physics, even though you're on top of like a candy land kind of place, oh, which is that's weird. really kind of. It's just it just it's weird. Um, but, uh, the, the course itself doesn't necessarily stand out as being anything cool and interesting, but, um, I still think like ultimately, uh, Mario Kart is one of the best kart racers you can, you can have out there. And the fact that for Mario Kart 8, they're coming out with more DLC like this. I I just think, you know, Hey, it's, it's great that they keep giving you a reason to go back and play it because, um, I think it is such a good polished uh, product that even if you have a couple of clink, uh, clunker courses in there, um, ultimately you're going to have a good time with it. And I personally like these uh, DLC courses a lot because they keep putting in these Mario Kart Tour maps, which I have never played Mario Kart Tour to a point where I can oh, like, the, be like the, the phone, phone one. one. Yeah, the phone yeah, okay. one. So I played most of the other Mario Kart games, but never the Tour one. So like every time you get a new one of those tracks, it's like a brand new cool experience for me. So I'm really enjoying those a lot. Um, but if you're really up on the phone, uh, the tour tracks, maybe it's not as cool, but I sure. still like it a lot. Well, it's funny that you mentioned phones because here in my hand is my backbone. And then here in my hand is my other backbone that came in. Uh, so I bought, I bought the, the PlayStation backbone. Uh, and you might be wondering why. Uh, Cause you know, it's the same. Yeah, it's well, basically the same as the regular one. Right. Um, I don't know if y'all ever learned anything about assumptions, but you know, you assume something. Yep. Yep. Makes an ass out of you and me. That's how you spell uh, it. That's how you yeah, spell the, the word, same. right? Yeah. yeah. It's the same thing. Yeah. It's the same thing. Oh, so the so, assumption uh, is <laughs> correct. <laughs> yeah. No, they they are one hundred percent the same. Um, truly. No different other than this is white. Okay. This is black. 
And uh, the face buttons are, you know, your triangle, square, X, and, and circle. Um, and the, like, material that the buttons are made out of is the, like, the PlayStation, like, glossy plastic. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, the see-through kind of plastic. Uh, as opposed to just, like, the matte, you know, black buttons of the regular backbone. Uh, there are no, absolutely no differences. <laughs> um, like, some people thought that... I mean, as soon as reviews came out, this was uh, pretty quickly... Uh, disproven but like some people thought like oh maybe it'll have like resistant triggers uh no that would be uh really cool but no <laughs> um because also like they don't have the same uh like that would be tough because they don't have the same how do you say like uh degrees of movement as like a regular controller would so like playing returnal on this would probably not work which kind of is a bummer because you know this is the ps5 controller so like those games like returnal or like ratchet and clank or even like astrobot i don't think would really uh translate well it does have like the playstation logo on the back of it um but i mean like this is not if you don't have a backbone or if you have a backbone and you're like ooh, should i get the new playstation one like unless you want a white one that has like you know buttons that correspond with what's on screen don't do it um but if you don't have backbone i mean this is awesome yeah i think i think it's it seems like more of a product that if you don't have one yet and you're a PlayStation first kind of player, that's the one you should get because you'll have your button prompts correct on your, yeah. your PlayStation. But I guess my whole thing is like, so I've used PlayStation remote play a little bit uh, because, you know, I work up in my up in my room and then I've got a PlayStation stuff downstairs. And so like when I was doing like guides for stray, it was just a lot easier for me to just stream it to my phone uh, as opposed to like being downstairs, you know, like having to go up and downstairs. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that said, like, other than that, like, I don't think PlayStation streaming is that good. Uh, I think that, like, Xbox's streaming is way better. And, like, the xCloud stuff is just, like, really, really, really great. So this might be something good for people who are using uh, the PS Now stuff. I don't know what that's like remotely, but, um, yeah, this is, if if... PlayStation is your primary thing and you're doing a lot of remote play, do this. Um, but otherwise, I think the black one, I was like, they're, they're, it's the same thing. It's just yeah, you want yeah. the face buttons to match up. Um, did you get the, like, because for my backbone, I have one of the 13 Pros, so my camera's too big for it. Did they give you that? So the only difference is that that comes in the box okay. for this. So okay, I have so that, yes. That's nice. Um, yes, I, that's a really great, really great just like, little added bonus because yeah i mean if you bought this and like didn't know yeah, yeah, uh, yeah that, it, that would, would be, kind of suck yeah um but yeah no i mean like it's the backbone and the backbone's awesome yeah but i think streaming playstation games is not as awesome as streaming xbox games using xcloud stuff so i would i would challenge that slightly i think i have i've i've had better experiences using the remote play app when i'm just controlling things on my actual console with the playstation but if i'm streaming a game i have had better results streaming the game on my xbox yeah if that makes sense no totally um, um the the one feature i wish that they fixed on this and I'm, I'm not asking for like the adaptive triggers i'm not asking for that kind of stuff when you go to play press the playstation home button and that's the thing you it it's stupid. <laughs> it is like it's like four. Uh, it's I'm exaggerating. It is well, enough 
like additional like taps on the screen that it's like, what the hell am I doing here? Right. As opposed right. to like, it would just be great if you just had that PlayStation button. Um, also, I think that this falls short a little bit. Uh, I, I think like the Dual Sense and Dual Shock controllers are more com- uh, complex than the like Xbox controllers for the simple fact that they have the touchpad in the center. And there's no, I mean, I don't know what they, how you would do that, how you would remedy that on a controller like this. Um, but there's no touchpad support. So I want to try it out with something like Ghost of Tsushima, which, you know, the touchpad is pretty essential to playing that game. Uh, you know, you swipe up to, to see where to go next. You swipe, I think, down to like sheath your sword and whatever. Um, and I'll, I'll be curious if doing that on the screen will just like fuck the camera. You know what I mean? Like, um, so from what I've you have to like touch the screen and then touch it. So it's almost yeah. like if, if you want to touch the touchpad button, you have to like double tap it, which is a little bit annoying. Um, I, I don't know. I think for the most part, I, I'm not this isn't a complaint with the backbone. I still think the backbone is one of the best uh, streaming or the the best phone controllers I've ever used. Yeah. I just feel like when uh, Sony is like branding with backbone, they could have put a couple of interface things in there to have yes. made it a little bit better. Um, so that I think that's the part that's disappointing. Not so much they don't have the same innards as the other controller, because I don't want the backbone to be $150 because they have adaptive triggers. <laughs> right, because to me, this doesn't necessarily feel like a PlayStation product. Right, exactly. This feels like something that they were, that they got the, you know, that they were allowed to use the PlayStation face buttons on. Yeah. Um, but because of it, 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 it's like not 100% in sync with what the DualShock or DualSense controller does. Um, it's a little bit of a letdown, um, yeah, but yeah. again, the backbone's awesome. So what are you gonna do? Backbone rocks. You want to talk about the news, Justin? Let's do it. Let's uh, let's start by talking about Pokemon. Did you watch the uh, the Pokemon Presents? Ooh, did I ever? Um, there was some good stuff in here. So we got uh, we got a look at a handful of things. Um. But perhaps the most, um, the biggest news was the, the Pokemon Scarlet and Violet stuff. Uh, obviously, there's, there's, you know, um, you got Ultra Beast coming to Pokemon Go. You've got um, an update to, what's that game? Pokemon Unite. Um, uh, by the way, the Pikachu mode, I think it's hilarious. Um, one of the things that they have in Pokemon Unite is that all of the characters are Pikachu's. It's a it's a specific like like mode that oh, every gotcha. every every player plays as Pikachu and all of the the creatures that the mobs in the actual level are also Pikachu's. So it's chaos. But oh, it's Pikachu related chaos and just fun stuff like that. I like that. I like that a lot. Um yeah, but the, like I said, the big news is is the Scarlet and Violet stuff. So we got a, a better look at like what the game is actually going to be. So uh they did clarify this is an open world game where there are three different paths you can go on. Uh, it seems like you can go on all of them in one playthrough, but there are three different, like, things to be doing. One of them is the, you know, traditional gym battle uh, journey that, that you're going to go, that, that you've gone on in, you know, every other Pokemon game up to this point. Uh, they said you can tackle the gyms in any order, but I'm curious what that means for leveling. So, like... It, it could be the sort of thing where, like, you know, the whole world levels up as you level up. So that way, you know, you can, t- you know, take these gyms on in any order. But if they don't do it like that, then I think it might be a little weird because it would be like 
yeah, you can play these gyms in any order, but I got a but level five Pidgey versus yeah, you know level yeah, fifty, yeah. you know whatever. Um, so I'll be interested to see what they do with that. Um, because I I don't know I personally like the idea of like knowing exactly what level what type of pokemon people have in gym battles and stuff and especially with pokemon with like you know gym leaders tend to have um you know evolved forms of pokemon and stuff like that it'll be just interesting to see exactly where they how, how that works but they're saying you can take it any order you like what do you think about that do you like uh, that have you have you played uh sun and moon yep how do they do it there because can't you kind of tackle the gyms out of order in that game so there's no gyms in that game oh okay okay um you have four uh, battles against like the leaders of each island. Uh, so th- those are like the gym leaders. And they also have these like I'm trying to remember what they're called. You have fights against like super powered giant Pokemon. Um, uh, Gigantamax. No, no, it was before that. Uh, Gigamax. Nope. It wasn't called anything like Ty- that. Tyranimax. Tyranimax. That was it. No, it wasn't. Um, but yeah, so so like that is that was different but it was linear like you had to do it in the exact order oh, I mean, that okay, game okay. that game was really linear it was pretty much just like a straight line of like going around the different islands it was cool but it was it was um definitely not open so we'll see we'll see uh how that goes they also like i said they mentioned that there are two other paths you can take but it's unclear what those are because they did not specify that at all but i, I personally like that idea because yeah. i i think when you go back to playing Sword and Shield, I, a lot of people complained about the story to it, but yeah. because it felt like one of the things you were doing were the gym battles, and the other thing that you are doing was like the other story, but it was always like that was on the outside. It's like, yes. oh, we'll take care of this stuff back here. You keep fighting these gyms, we'll deal with it. And then at the end, of course, you save the day. So I kind of like how it's just like another quest that shows up, and it's a main story quest. You know, like mm-hmm. that's essentially what it could be like. Um, so I think that's kind of cool. Um, I think the gyms out of order, uh, I think that, I mean, I think that's, that's fun too. I I do hope it is like a world state thing where the Pokemon in the world level with you a little bit, because that just makes for a more engaging, um, running through of the fields and stuff too, because sometimes like when you're gated by different areas and different, like this, these are your level five, the level five area, this is the level 20 area, this is the level 30 area, um, I think that can kind of like gate progression in a weird way. Um, and not to keep talking about this, but I like what Xenoblade does with that, where you have the one open world and they just have some tougher, tougher enemies in certain parts that you yeah, can still yeah. go through those areas. You can still fight those things if you want. Um, but ultimately, as like you're exploring, you can go anywhere you want in, in a game like Xenoblade. Because didn't they also have that similar sort of thing in Legends Arceus? I didn't want to explore that game. I didn't want to play that game any longer than I had to. Aww. So, like, I, I was just, like, man, maining it. But I, I remember, like, watching up on a beach, and I was like, oh, there's a Napoleon here. Like, I am not f- kitted to fight this thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, so, yeah. Agreed. Agreed. If you're making big open environments, you can have spots that are like, okay, well, you know, there's going to be more pushover Pokemon here. But then, like, you go to this spot of it, and, and there's, like... Oh, shit, is that a Gyarados or whatever? Um, yeah, so so they're taking a more open-world strategy. The other two things seem to be involved with the game's story. Justin, Justin, put on your khaki shorts. Been put there. on... Already there. Get your pencil case. We're going back to school. This is a school one. 
you go to what is it uh, in Pokemon Scarlet you go to Naranja Academy and Pokemon Violet you go to Yuva Academy uh, it's like a Pokemon school damn I love that damn I love that because it answers the question about like so do these kids just not go to school at how, all they just uh, go and wander the world you know yeah, how, how old is it uh in uh the pokemon cartoon when ash just ten. leaves home it's 10 so ten. you just basically have a 10 year old kid you just kick him out in the world and say hey you know go like that worked in hatchet but not well <laughs> <laughs> i think this is the second week in a row we're talking about i know we, we gotta have a hatchet book club just so people yeah. can get in on this um but yeah no i think that like it's totally like a weird like standard of Pokemon that you're a kid, you go on this quest because you've hit this certain age instead of like going to the Academy to learn. Um, I am interested to see if there are any connections to to this and Arceus uh, Mm -hmm. because Arceus does kind of start off that Academy type of uh, situation. Oh yeah, it does. Um, So if they're going to keep going that, I think that's, I think that makes the most sense for Pokemon. And if they are going to have more of an open world structure, having that home base, that mentor to like be there at that school to help you. I know you have your professor Oak and whatever and, and other Pokemon games, but it's essentially just a house with a character in it instead of an actual like school that you go to with other characters that gather. So I think that works. I think it's cool. Um, nothing about what I saw in this in this uh, Pokemon Presents worried me for the game. No, uh, which is a different feeling than I know. Like I didn't love Pokemon Legends Arceus, but like I think people who did would still have to admit like maybe the trailers for it did not paint it in the best light where it was kind of like, ooh, I don't know how this is going to be. Whereas this is like, oh, this looks great. Um, cause then the other thing is they're doing a similar thing to Pokemon Legends Arceus where, um, like all the HMs, the traversal stuff is just being, um, uh, designated to the like legendary Pokemon. So you got Coridon and Miraidon. I don't remember which goes to which, uh, but they basically turn into like a motorcycle and like a glider and like, uh, I don't know. I imagine like a boat, uh, that sort of stuff. So that, so I imagine you get that thing pretty early on, huh? Oh, I'm um, sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. If that's going to be what's like getting you around um the other thing that i'm really looking forward to this is you got up to four player co-op and i'll be curious to see how that works uh nintendo is not known perhaps for its excellent co-op but i mean like this type of co-op is like the dream of playing pokemon right like oh yeah being able to just like explore the world together so we'll see i hope it's not like gate i imagine it has to be gated off in some capacity but like I will be excited to see how that works. Um, did you get involved in Pokemon Sword or Shield uh, online stuff at all? Not really. Yeah, I, I always found it to be a little cumbersome uh, to try to do that. So I hope I hope this solves some of those problems and it just makes it nice and easy to do. Um, but it's Nintendo, folks. <laughs> uh, to play with friends in Animal Crossing, you needed to spend an hour of your life talking to different characters, hoping that everyone's internet is cooperating. And if it wasn't, you'd have to restart the whole thing. Um, the other thing here, though, is uh, you've got new Pokemon forms. So you've got what is this called? Uh, Terrestrialized? Oh, uh, Terrestal? Terrestal? Pokemon? That it's the, when they turn into yeah. crystals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um where it could potentially change a Pokemon's type. Um, it's kind of a new gimmick uh, for this for this game. I'm kind of over this. I'm kind of over this whole, like, every game has to have a gimmick, whether it's the Gigantamax from the last one or, you know, uh, uh, Mega Evolving or, like, things like that. Like, 
I'm kind of over that or Z moves from uh, Sun and Moon. But this one at least looks unique and is interesting and is like the solution is not just like what if Pokemon were really big. Um, this one at least like changes up the gameplay in a meaningful way other than just like okay, I can do a really powerful attack now. So yeah, I, I think know, this looks cool. Uh, from what I watch, I never really got those like uh, why to have those different like gimmicks in the game until yeah. I watched competitive Pokemon. And I think that is just a way to make competitive training a little bit different every year <laughs> whenever they come out with a new one of yeah. these. Just to keep it fresh and make sure that people aren't doing the same exact things all the time. Because it's really kind of cool to see those strategies with it and what people like notice about like different trends and things like that. So um I you know, it's a it's a different one. It's another one. I guess the crystal stuff looks kind of cool, but um yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, we'll see. Uh, I imagine uh, this, like, yeah. I am not a professional Pokemon player, so I'm never going to have to care enough about that. So as long as it looks cool and it's not annoying to play, um, I, I, I'd probably be okay with it. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, so there you go. New Pokemon looks good. I'm excited to play this later this year, uh, which is exciting. <laughs> I mean, uh, it's I just weird it's... that we got Legends Arceus earlier in the year and then now also this immediately after i know that's so crazy i really hope um that the game is like a step forward from rcs in terms of its technology like how it looks (laughs) how it runs but we'll see we'll see pokemon legends rc like we not to talk about xenoblade again but that game like at least it doesn't look very good but at least it looks like finished. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, Pokemon yeah. Legends Arceus, there's some stuff in that game that's like, whoa, how did this, how did this like make it in? You know what I mean? This looks like you clipped through the level and you're like looking at something you're not supposed to be looking at, like from like underneath or something like that. Um, like, that is, a, that is a uniquely ugly game. I think this, this might just me be me giving the game like this. Not like I don't, I, I liked Arceus uh, yeah. a lot, but I wonder if that was like, they initially were testing out some open world things, some new systems, and then they had all this stuff that they're like, why don't we just put this together in a game? And then they put another team on it and they like built it up to like something that is like, I think a presentable game other than it just being stuff like that. So what I would hope is that they just use that to practice a lot of stuff. And then the Scarlet and Violet will be better because of that. That's me hoping, but we'll see. Yep. We'll see. We'll see. Speaking of other Nintendo stuff, um, it's been reported that Nintendo will not be announcing new hardware this year. So, you know, everyone's been very hot on the idea of a Switch Pro that does like, you know, 4K, uh, has 4K resolution on uh, when docked. And then, I don't know, I imagine that's what people want in a handheld screen as well. But that's a little overkill, in my opinion. Um, just make it so it's not like 360p <laughs> would be good. Uh, I think it's 720 right now, but I think updating it to, you know, 1080 would at least be like a breath of fresh air. Um, yeah, so reports are no new hardware coming. I don't know. This makes sense. You got the Switch OLED announced last year. Two years before that was the, um, what are they called? The Switch Lights. Light, yeah. And then there was the original Switch. And then even, I think two years after the original Switch came out, there was the uh, updated battery one, uh, which just became the standard. And then, uh, yeah, so, I mean, I, it would it would surprise me if we got a new Switch this year. Also, usually they tend to announce that stuff around E3 or, like, the weeks following E3. Um, and so, you know, we, we've 
there wasn't E3 this year, obviously, but uh, we have missed that window, it seems. So I just would be completely surprised if they said, hey, new Switch model. Uh, yeah, uh, Nintendo, I don't need a new Switch model. I don't need an HD 4K screen. I just need a damn controller that doesn't stop working. <laughs> hey, Justin. <laughs> Justin, this is, might be bold. Why not both? Oh, I mean, it, you're right. We could <laughs> do both. But if I had to choose one, like that is the one thing that I still think is not talked about enough about how inexcusable that is for them to keep putting out these other consoles. And the fact that my OLED Joy-Cons are drifting yeah. is ridiculous. Like yeah. that, that should not be the case. Like that is something that, and I know they have things to fix them. I know they have like policies to like turn them in or whatever, but like that is just not okay at this point. They, they there needs to be something to do to fix that. That Agreed. should be priority. Number one. I, I do. I do agree with you. Uh, and it's wild that like they haven't even, I mean, when they were asked about it, when this, when the OLED was announced, they were like, nope, same stuff. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. I, I imagine the question was like, hey, so you guys know how everyone fucking hates this aspect <laughs> of the Switch, right? Uh, do you have any ch- plans on, like, making that better? And the answer is just like, no. How about we make it white? It's like... A bigger damn, screen. Damn, that is that is a good look. I might buy this, this uh, Splatoon one. Hey, it's a good look. It. It's, it's pretty good. good. The Joy Cons look good. good. The actual like, uh, the dock looks really good. Also, like, I am beginning to see. I think I have the first run of the Switch because I got mine in 2018, so not after that battery upgrade. I don't think. Uh, and like, Xenoblade really just kills my. I don't know. Are it, you experiencing it, that on the OLED? It, it, like, it it goes through my OLED pretty quick, and I can only imagine it's worse on some of the older models. But yeah, I get like an hour and a half to two hours and then it's just it's gone yeah um which is not ideal but you know you just it, reminded me splatoon is coming out it is i'm excited for that yeah uh, we got a we got a while for that yet though yeah why, why, why are we hearing more about uh pokemon than splatoon because i imagine they're just like i don't know man it's splatoon what the fuck do you want us to say <laughs> you throw paint at people come on guys yeah it's like it's fun you've played it it's more of that um also i imagine that's because Nintendo and po- uh, Pokemon operate separately from Nintendo. Because the Pokemon company's in charge of all of that. Pokemon Nintendo. presents Nintendo yeah. Direct. Yeah. That's why, like, you never see Pokemon announcements during Nintendo Directs, I don't think. I mean, if, if I were Nintendo, I wouldn't want to, like, model my announcement strategies after one of the most successful franchises in the history of franchises, you know? Yeah, why would they want to do that? Just I think stick they with are their own number thing. one. It's... Fran- it's they're number one. Number two is Hello Kitty. And then it's like Harry Potter and Call of Duty and Hitbox the podcast. Oh, yeah. It's like we're right under <laughs> we're, Call of we're Duty. We're number six. Yeah, we don't, we, don't, <laughs> we don't break the top five. So we're not like on the top five lists, but like, you know, support us on Patreon.com, Hitbox, uh, Patreon.com slash HitboxPod. And um, you could help us get in top. We could beat Call of Duty this year. Let's do, do it. it. Um, additionally, Nintendo reports that... Uh, Switch sales are, are are kind of down. Uh, so they are after their Q1 reports, um, which is odd that this is coming out right now because when wouldn't these be the Q2 reports? Maybe they're working differently. Nintendo sort of beats its own drum, you know? They, yeah, they, they do what they want. Uh, well, re- sales are down by 22%. 
uh, as opposed to last year, which is, I mean, pretty significant. Uh, and then software sales are, are down uh, 8%. That 8% drop seems to be in line with like, just like from what I have noticed about uh, video game sales in 2022, just because, you know, uh, as we've talked about with like Sony's sales and Xbox's sales, like for software in particular, like, you know, people are just buying less because the world has opened up more and more, you know, people are doing other stuff. Um, but the, the actual hardware reduction of 22%, almost 23, it's 22.9. That's pretty significant, isn't it? I, I think so. Um, but like, when did the OLED come out? Last year. So, oh yeah, that might've been a big boost. So it was probably that initial boost potentially. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I think, I wonder if we're just hitting a point where, you know, I mean, what, it has 117 million units out there for the Switch? Yeah. I mean, that's a lot. <laughs> it's, it's a Netflix problem, right? Of right, like, yeah. At a certain point, everyone will have a Netflix subscription, so you're yeah. not going to see huge increases in um, subscribers, right? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I don't know, man. Like, a lot of people own the Switch, so yeah, maybe at a certain point you're going to hit the cap of like, Everyone who owns a switch, like everyone who wants a switch, owns one. You know, yeah. Uh, especially because it is, you know, how old at this point? Five, six years old? Five years old? Almost six. It'll be six Goodness, in January. Yeah, you know? that's crazy. That's so insane. five and a half years old. Like a lot of fucking people have the switch. Yeah. <laughs> and especially, I think, especially after 2020, uh, 2020 uh, like people were buying switches who might not necessarily have bought them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, I mean, and you get a game like Animal Crossing. Uh, like, I, I knew a lot of people who, like, I knew didn't play video games, but were like, well, I'm going to get Animal Crossing because I loved Animal Crossing as a kid. Uh, and also, what the hell else am I doing right now? Yeah, right. Uh, I mean, even me, I have three Switches in, in my house. So, Justin, you got to buy more if you want to keep this, these numbers up. That's true. <laughs> you have um, three Switches? Mm -hmm. uh, I uh, bought, the, had the original one. Um, I bought a light for my fiance, and then oh, um, that's right, that's I have right. the OLED, so... Yeah, and currently uh, I have my um, old Switch hooked up to the TV behind me so I can play Ring Fit whenever I want. It's How's my that Ring going? Fit. Uh, Is Ring that fun? Fit, um, I've probably played it like 10 times since I got it. When did you get it? Like 10 days ago? No, when it came out. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's yeah. unfortunate. Um, I, mean, I, I mean, I it's 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 fine. I It's a little bit sometimes like it's an RPG, but like you get to the boss fight. And the only way to like level up is to do the boss fight again, so you don't die. So it's just a little repetitive. <laughs> oh sure, um, but yeah, it's cool it's, though. It seems like it's an actual video game, as opposed mm -hmm. to like um, not not to dunk on like Wii Fit, you know, from back in the day. But like that wasn't like that was less of a video game. Whereas this is like you got stats and like yeah, it, weapons and stuff. It's quite clearly an RPG, and of course you're like working out, but gamifying workouts that can be fun. Um, oh totally, I, I would have thought. I would be better at that, but um, as Ring Fit taught me, I really don't care. It's, that's not the reason I don't work out frequently, guys. I think his name is Super Lewis sixty four, Super Louis sixty four on YouTube. He's I think he is a dev for like EA or something like that, and he also streams. He hooks up the Wii Fit control. He may, he does like weird controllers. Uh, he played I think all of Sekiro using a real katana. Um, he hooked up the Wii, the Ring Fit controller to dark souls and so like to heal up you have to do a full squat 
to to drink your Estes flask. Um, and if you want to move at all, you need to be jogging. That's insane. <laughs> I mean, like, I don't know how you do that and not just be the most jacked person on earth. You know, like, because he does it for three hours. Yeah. And like, yeah. it will not, he will, you cannot move if you're not jogging. Hey. Um, so yeah, that, those are some fun YouTube videos where he like talks about it and breaks it down and then like shows the run. Like, you know, he like, it's, it's not a three hour video. He yeah, just yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah does the breakdown and he's like yep here's me and like him and his like shirt and he's just like soaked through <laughs> in sweat it's like one of those things where it's like dude you need you need that power washer to to clean you off after that i would be a mess um real quick ring of head adventure do you know this T- number 10 most is it's number 10 on the list of top 10 best-selling switch games oh that i mean that's uh i think because of when it released i think that makes sense with how hard it was to get um with the fact that people were looking for ways to work out simply in their apartment because you don't need a lot of room to do that no you really don't did, wait, did it come out in 2020 um or like that around is, that time that's a great question i'm not 100 sure but um i know like the sales of it um yeah uh were like bopping during the pandemic it was just and hard i remember to get. like not being able to find them yeah because yeah. because of that yeah um, so um, uh, October eighteenth, twenty nineteen. So it had that oh, initial yeah, right launch, then. and then you know, new enough yeah. that people wanted it. Let's move on from Nintendo and the Switch and move over to Ubisoft. Um, they're always a weird company. What? <laughs> um, Justin Sarah Arlano is a developer, and she tweeted out have you ever seen seen these things of like um people will do like start recording their screen and like when they change their twitter bio uh the they'll like announce like oh i have a new job and here's like me changing my twitter bio oh no this happens all the time Uh, at least like in games journalism people are always like have you seen this um and so uh, she tweeted out, it's my turn to do the thing, and then did a little video of her uh, updating her bio. So now she's the lead desi- lead writer on Beyond Good and Evil 2, a video game that was announced in 2017. So glad they finally secured someone. Uh, she apparently um, has worked on World of Warcraft stuff, and then uh, Saints Row, the one that's coming out later this year. She worked on writing for that. So like, she's clearly got the chops. Uh, just the question is like, Hey, uh, aren't you a little past the writing phase of this whole thing? <laughs> you would think, right? <laughs> Are you itching for this beyond good and evil thing? Uh, like I've never played the original, so I have no like fondness for it. Uh, I know people are like constantly upset with just how sidelined it gets, but is this something that you like feel for? No, um, I, I it, it was a game that came out that I played for maybe a couple hours. Um, I borrowed it um, from someone and it was like a Zelda game, you know, and I do like Zelda games. Uh, it, it reminded me of a, of a mixture between Zelda and Star Fox Adventures, which some people might be like Star Fox Adventures. Um, I liked it. <laughs> uh, Star Fox Adventures or... or- Beyond Star Fox Adventures. Uh, I gotcha. like it. And Beyond Good and Evil was fine. I just couldn't get into the world enough. Yeah. Um, and you know, I'm sure if I kept playing it, I would have liked it, but I don't know. I, I don't know if I need this other one. Like if they're like, we're coming out with another Star Fox adventures, I would be like, well, that's cool. Like, but oh, I would, shit, here we go. Yeah. But I wouldn't be like <laughs> counting down on the calendar every single day to be like, oh, it's coming. And then if they delay it, like, I don't know. Um, 
I think at this point it's just like one of those legendary games that has been around so much and people have talked about so much that people just want it, even if they don't want it. I look forward to when this game, if this game eventually comes out, like the articles that will be like, here is the timeline of this video game. You (laughs) know what I mean? Like, I don't know if you, uh, weird that this is like, (laughs) you know, Duke Nukem Forever? Yeah, yeah. Is it Forever, the one that came out? That that was the, like, the The uh, most recent one? Yeah. Yeah. So in Duke Nukem Forever, there is a timeline of development in the actual game, which is (laughs) is bonkers because it like paints so many like studios and people in such a bad light of just like, oh, this person came in and fucked it all up. And it's not like doing I mean, it's like not like that, like explicit, uh, although it would be kind of funny because it's sort of in line with like the game, the whole Duke Nukem thing. Yeah, but um it's one of those things where I'm like, why is this in here? This makes this game look really bad, like worse than the video game actually does. Um, well, they, pr- they probably knew the game was pretty bad, and they're just like, hey, we might as well tell them why. Yeah, it's it's like not even bad. It's just like completely um, like unfor- unmemorable and just like... It's not bad. It's just disappointing. I guess. <laughs> I guess. Um, Justin... Xbox Game Pass looks like we're going to be getting a family plan uh, for for it, which I'm actually surprised isn't a thing already. Um, but Xbox Insiders in Colombia and Ireland can preview the new Game Pass, the family plan stuff. Um, I think starting today, yeah, starting on August fourth. Um, so they're doing a limited tr- sort of trial run of this family pass thing. Um, and then I imagine at a certain point they will take a look at how it went, do some tweaking, and then launch it globally at a you know in the next several months here. Um, what do you think of this, man? This the idea of a family pass for this. I it further proves to me that I have no idea how Microsoft can be making any money <laughs> on uh, this deal. What do you mean? I mean it's what fifteen dollars a month, and. 15 times 12 like i'm just thinking about like how much money i personally have spent um 15 times 12 so i'm paying 180 dollars a year for game pass or is it 20 dollars for game pass ultimate i think it's i hope it's 15 something but maybe it is 20 i don't know i think it's 15 like i get I, I think i get a charge like 45 something every three months 45 yeah for game pass every three months Oh, every three months. I think yeah. you said oh, every yeah. month. No, 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 and I was no, no, like, no. Oh, I was like, no. Justin, no. Um, well, maybe that's why I'm not more rich than I am. <laughs> yeah, so like uh, like $180 a year, right? That's three AAA releases. And like, I don't, like, like, I don't stop my subscription. I imagine some people turn it off and on. But, you know, three AAA releases a year, like, I do that. So they're sort of, I, I imagine they're like getting a pretty good payout. I'm curious what the new pricing for this will be. Uh, I think that's probably when those the question for me would start popping up of like, how is this viable? Because I imagine it'll probably be like around thirty dollars if I had to guess, thirty to forty-five. What, what do you think? What would you pay for a family plan at Game Pass? Oh, I guess that's where I was misreading this story because I thought they would just be like on your current subscription, you could add up to three other players. No, no, no. Oh, um, okay, so, okay. So it okay. says, yeah, if it were, oh my gosh, if it yeah, were, because I, I, I was like, I, I mean, how are they doing this? Like, it doesn't. Yeah, make, that would be that would like, be like what the fuck? Like, uh, but no. So it's it's 
it says this um joining the game pass insider preview will convert the time remaining on your membership time to the new plan based on the monetary value of the old membership for example and this is the thing we talked about with P the ps plus thing that was kind of confusing uh for example a full month of ultimate will be converted to 18 days of membership for this plan this way you won't lose the remaining value on your existing subscription upon uh conversion conversion is final users must wait for a new membership to expire before returning to a previous membership so we can actually sort of math out I'm not going to try it because I know that I don't, I'm not smart enough to be able to do it, but like 18 days is about half of like 31 days in a month, right? It's yeah. a little bit, it's a little bit shy, shy of half, or it's a little it, bit wait, over no, half. 16 would be a little over half, like for 31, right? Right. Would be just about. Yeah. So I'm going to imagine that it costs about $30 for this family plan, right? Yeah, I, I think I think that would make sense. Like, because I think like th this ultimately, I think I don't think they will lose subscriptions for this. Maybe I'm wrong. I'm sure they have the data to find like in a house how many people have sure multiple plans and stuff like that. I think if anything, it'll just incentivize more people to do it. Because that'd be cool if I had mine, uh, my fiance had hers, so we could separate um, the you know some of the you know our, our achievements and stuff like that. Because she just uses my stuff right now. Yeah. Um, but um, I think this is cool. And the reason I was a little shocked by the fact that they'd be doing this at, at first um, is just because other subscription services seem to be doubling down on the other way. Like we mentioned Netflix. Netflix is like keeps threatening that oh, they're like going to be. Everyone must pay. Yeah. For a like singular, have their own. Yeah. Um, and the fact that, again, they're just continuing to do such consumer friendly things. Because if I was a parent, like, and I have a couple kids. Like buying a Game Pass for each of them would be a lot and difficult, and you know how people can be with with their accounts and stuff. So I think this would be great for that. This is like I mean, like if I had Game Pass when I was a kid, it would just be like instead of asking for individual games for like my birthday or Christmas or whatever, it would just be like I would love three months of Game Pass, please. <laughs> you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. and I have more games than I will ever be able to play. Oh yeah. Um, and it's like it's new stuff too. You know, it's crazy. Um, so yeah, there you go. I, I think this is awesome. Like I said, I'm kind of surprised that this ha wasn't a thing already. I yeah. sort of actually thought it was, but obviously I was incorrect. Um, yeah, look forward to that. <laughs> I mean, like, I guess there's not much else to say other than like, yeah, that's pretty cool, huh? Yeah, I could give, I could give Archie his own account too. He can play all yeah. of his favorite games. What kind of game would Archie like to play that's on Game Pass right now? Um, I think he would like to play Paparazzi. Is that on there? He'd play that. Okay. Um, what about Untitled um, Goose Game? Yes, that is that's right up his uh, alley. Watch Dogs too. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, he he would play that game thinking it's something else, and then he'd just like stick with it because he doesn't want to admit defeat. Um, yeah. But it cause a lot of anxiety for him to play that game. He's like they're um, watching me everywhere. People can people yeah, can watch like me no he. matter where I am. And I'm like, little do you know, buddy, I have a camera pointed at you at all times when we're gone. I and do then, know that. That's yeah, actually very yeah. cute. And then, and then he'll freak out a little bit more, but it's fine. Um, I'm trying to look at other games that a dog might like. <laughs> Spelunky? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah, if you have the right kind of dog, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, Life is that's... Strange. Is yeah. that on there? Uh, Yes. Yeah. yeah. I think. Um, yeah, the new one. Yeah. Anyway, uh, the old one, too. And before the storm, whatever. Uh, let's shift gears, talk about PlayStation for one second. So Evo is happening currently. That is the um, 
don't remember what it stands for, but it's a big fighting game tournament right now. <laughs> that Sony um, owns now, right? Sony does own it. And yeah. so people who are using the like Evo app, I think, um, are being asked, are being surveyed um, about NFTs. And so this little pop-up shows up and it says, what do you collect most? Um, which of the following NFT slash digital collectibles would you be most interested in purchasing? Evo branded, favorite music, music artists, favorite esports players slash teams, PlayStation items, favorite game characters. So this is um, just a little pop-up gauging interest in, it seems like, um, uh, interest in like digital uh, NFTs and digital collectibles. Uh, the interesting thing here is that you can't select none. um and a lot of people have been like mad about this saying like sony said they weren't doing nfts uh and they did but they said that the playstation stars program was not nfts they didn't say that they were like not doing nfts at all um so i i think that the outrage for this is a little odd because i mean like obviously the outrage at like them doing nfts i get um but like the general whole thing about like people saying like they lied and it's like i don't think that's i would say that's not true (laughs) that they didn't lie because this is just a whole different thing what do you think about this i mean every tech company are having meetings somewhere maybe in open rooms maybe in closed backdoor rooms about these nft things is there a way to get money in that because granted i don't think nfts might not every nft is going to be a big deal but some somewhere down the line Things are going to start hitting or things might hit. Even one thing might hit. And like it could be just something that the industry is like overblowing of its importance or it could be something that can make them a lot of money. So why are they not going to want to have these conversations? Why are they not going to want to know what people think is something that they'd like? And I also find it interesting that they're asking NFT slash digital collectibles um, because I think people like digital collectibles, but when you just call thing. it an NFT, it's such a negative buzzword that people hate it. And like digital collectibles has been like those have been around for freaking ever, right? Yeah, of course, like yeah, badges, I, like right, anything like yeah. that. Yeah. Um, but the idea of uh, NFT now the word like now the phrase digital collectible has been like paired with NFT yeah, and yeah. like used interchangeably, sort of. Um, so that's why like when the PlayStation Stars thing first came out, it was like, oh shit, is this an NFT? And they were like, nope. Digital collectibles. Yep. So now the fact that it's being used here is sort of like, what are we <laughs> yeah, it's about like, here? wait a second, what? And I mean, um, a lot, a lot of this is just kind of one of those things that I think um, companies are just going to test out the market of this. And you know what? You don't like it. You know what you should do? Buy an Xbox. Oh, I was going to say not <laughs> buy them. <laughs> like, yeah, just no, don't buy NFTs. Because yes. I guarantee you, Microsoft is having conversations about NFTs too. I don't know. Uh, Phil Spencer said that NFTs, at least in their current iteration, where, where did he say this? Uh, he said to like Axo, Axios or something like that. Uh, he said like the way uh, um, uh, he, Phil Spencer said, what I'd say today on NFT all up is I think there's a lot of speculation and experimentation that's happening and that some of that create uh, some of the creative that I see today feels more exploitive than about entertainment uh so he basically said um i think anything that we looked at in our storefront that we said is exploitive would be something that we he basically said like we don't want that kind of content um with xbox in their current form to me that's still a conversation about nfts that they're having right like Um, the second it's something that they that is 
that is going to be something that people are accepting of and they can like capitalize on it, they will do that. I guarantee it. Yeah. No, if, I, if I, I don't think happens. you're wrong. And that's the whole thing, right? Um, but what he does point out is, I think what we're saying here is, people are going to be experimenting with this. Yeah, yeah, and, you know, you are going to have companies like um, Xbox and Valve, yeah, Valve banned NFTs from Steam. Um, like, big companies are saying, like, we don't want anything to do with this. And then you're going to have other companies like Square Enix and whoever else being like, I imagine Ubisoft or whoever the fuck, being like, no, NFTs are great. Um, and you're going to have other companies right now who are sort of laying low, seeing which wh- how this is going to go. Um, so that does it for the news, Justin. Let's talk about real quick the other games we've been playing. I haven't been, I've not touched much. I've just been playing Xenoblade Chronicles Three. You said, you said real quick. I could talk about this game for hours, man. <laughs> yeah, I, I am going to be interested to see. Like, it's interesting. I list, I re-listened to like my thoughts on it last week, having been you know. With, 12 hours in and i put about another 12 hours i'm about like 23 24 hours in at this point uh how far are you man i know you have just been like you know knows the desk playing this game um i am just below uh 40 hours okay um i am almost done i believe with chapter four and my level is level 49 and i've stopped putting the extra bonus levels in um because you can like basically rest oh, in your campsites camp. yeah, yeah. I, I stopped doing that and i highly recommend that everyone also stops doing that um and they try to stay as close as they can to the level of the main quest as possible um otherwise you're going to be w- wasting time more with your fights than you would be if you're trying to keep close to the level of the missions yeah. um so uh, with that in mind i played a ton of it and I love it just as I did before. It has clicked with me uh, now that like I'm actually playing the game. Because you were right. Uh, I was sort of on the, on the cusp of like it actually turning into the game that it is. Yeah. Um, I still think, it, and as you agreed with me last week, is like that's still not a great first impression for people who are new to it. Or even people who are uh, seasoned veterans. Like I imagine you probably wanted to like get into it a little bit quicker, would you say? Yeah, I wanted new combat wrinkles earlier, and yeah. it was such a, it was a very slow burn to get to those new combat wrinkles. But also, I still think the the speed of it is kind of necessary with how much there is in this game. Agreed. There, it's a fucking lot. <laughs> um, I think I have actually benefited from writing about it because I'm doing guides for it, and. Um, just to look behind the curtain at how guides are made. There are different guides you're going to need for different sort of games, right? I thought that this game would was going to be like a standard open world guide game about like, here's where all of these collectibles are located. Here's how to do this quest. Here's how to do that. Um, not true because the quests are pretty straightforward. They're either collectible quests, which suck or kind of interesting story quests. Um, but the real tutorial, the real guides are about tutorials and how to actually play the game because uh i don't think that the game necessarily does a great job telling you like hey here's what's important here's like an important tutorial about like what you need to know and here's uh we're gonna give you four pages about how to cook and the cooking is nothing i mean it's just it just like buffs you like i don't even know why you need four pages about it and the cooking is ingredients have meal make that's it like you don't have to like like select select yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, it's like three clicks um whereas 
Master Arts have a single page in the tutorial. <laughs> and like, I, I, I understand why it didn't click with me, uh, why, why certain aspects of it didn't click, because it was just like, oh, I didn't understand this because the game didn't really tell me this. Um, so now having done a lot of like additional research, I'm like, oh, here's how this system works works the chain order thing which i think is a really great system which is like the team attacks um it's a great system the tutorial is pretty good but actually be sitting down and being like how does this work going to watching a video reading a guide whatever is going to give you a much much better understanding than the game does than the game gives you i understand it's trying to be like quick and snappy with its tutorials and stuff but with systems as dense and as deep as these i think maybe a little bit more text would have probably been appreciated although I, I guess it's tough to say because I don't, I don't think that the way that the text is written in this game is particularly informative or helpful. So having more of that probably wouldn't be what I would really gel with. But what I'm trying to say is if you are not clicking with this game, I might suggest doing a little bit of research on like how these things work and breaking the individual mechanics into smaller components and then adding them all up and going, like, Oh, here's how all this works in, in harmony together. Does that make sense? Would you agree? Yeah. Have you have you really like dived into the tips in the tutorial section in the game? Like once you get like a new mechanic, like uh, using one of the main combat mechanics, interlocking in this game. Once you get through that, and then you go to like you're back in the open world. They usually open up these tutorials and stuff like that that I thought were pretty good and helpful. With that, did you find those helpful, or do you still find those lacking? Um, they are better than. Uh, just the text boxes because they have you do them. They have you mm -hmm. like, you know, like do the actual thing in order to move on, which I find to be helpful. Um, but I still don't think that they go as in depth as um, you would want. For example, there's like I said, I was trying to learn about master arts. There is really nothing in the in the video game that explains how master arts work. There's not one of those tutorial, one of those like actual like. Uh, like real tutorials about them. There's not really much information on how to like gain new ones that's like actually provided in the game. Uh, so, yes, I do think that those are helpful because I did spend some time looking at like, oh, here's how to like attack cancel. Because that's actually like a huge aspect of the game that I was missing up until I had auto battle on. And I was like, oh, that's the timing of how it works. Um, and uh, yeah, so like I think those do help especially with those more active roles and active things that you want to be doing. But in terms of like actually explaining like, Hey, here's how this works. I, I still think it's a little bit and, lacking. And even on top of that, like you need so many different tutorials because basically each master art is powers up step differently. <laughs> and, and like there's different requirements to do that for each yeah. class, each master art, each, uh, a, it, there's so many like wrinkles and like well but in this case you need to do this but in this case you need to do this but it's still basically this but however it's this kind of thing it's like a branching tree of confusion yeah there's a lot of right. systems in this game yes and whereas we're like I know that people I don't know the like if I'm just like thinking about like bad faith comments on that it's like oh so you need everything to be hand fed to you <laughs> you must not like Elden Ring and it's like no because like I think those systems yes they are obtuse but like you learn them through experimentation and you go like, Oh, that's how that works. Whereas in this game, it's like the systems are crucial to being able to actually play the video game, you know? And it's not something like you can experiment around with and go like, Oh, I understand how I did that. It's like, I don't know what the, what the meaning of that was, you know? Um, 
kind of to speak to your point too, one thing that I was struggling with was unlocking character classes for my other characters. And I was like, how do you do this? And then I looked at a video and it was like, you got to make sure that you're fighting people who are like leveled higher than you. And that's the best way to do it. Because I was so over leveled that if you're fighting, like I think I was like level 40 and I was fighting things that were like in the mid 20s and your classes and your level go up much slower at those like... Yeah, if there's yeah. a big gap. So they incentivize you to seek out those like challenging bosses and those legendary bosses mm. that are higher. And then what what happened at that point is I started overleveling even more and then all my classes were maxed out, which is I think fine. It's, yeah. I didn't know about that till I really like went to an outside source video to be like, "Oh, that's why it's been taking forever." Cuz there was a, a part in the game when I was the same classes for like a a big portion of the game just because I couldn't level them up to get like unlock other ones. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. That, that makes, and that's the thing too. I think talking about it with like people being like, yeah. Oh, is this how this works? Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. is, is really helpful. Um, so I, I yeah, I, I think that if you are a newcomer to this series and to, into these sorts of games, it, playing with some guides open, can be helpful. Uh, if you feel like you would like it, other than, otherwise I might say like mm, maybe steer clear because like this is a commitment of a game. You I know? would say I would say though that it's not different from other RPGs because I do think a lot of other RPGs Agreed. out there do have these like deep system like Pokemon. Very simply, you can get through Pokemon by just playing the game. Uh, correct. But then. There's the EVs, IVs, all the other different stuff, and all this like complex garbage that I have. I, as someone who's played almost every Pokemon series, like still doesn't understand. <laughs> right, and, and, and the I've game tried. doesn't. Like, and the game doesn't has no interest in telling you that stuff, yeah, or even like explaining yeah. like, hey, here's how stats work. You know, like, like yeah, yeah, you know, you could put it together by just looking at it. Um, but if you are truly trying to understand it. It is not something that uh, the game is willing to do for and, you. And I would say, though, that with Xenoblade, and I think this goes with all uh, iterations that I played of it, if you don't understand those points and those tutorials and those like mechanics, you can't beat the game. Correct. And I was having a hard time with fight. Yeah. I wasn't like struggling in fights, but I was like, I don't think this is fun. And it's because I wasn't like at, like engaging with the fun part of the game, which is using those arts, figuring out when's the best time to use them, in, in, yeah. you know, in in whatever. Um, and yeah, like I was, just, I was getting this anxiety of like, oh, I'm going to eventually get to a fight that I just can't beat because I don't understand these systems. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so diving a little bit deeper, uh, has helped me and there's still stuff I don't even understand. What is the fusion, fusion level, your link level? Oh, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. They'll you you got to raise that by using fusion arts, I think. They'll and, explain that more later. Okay. Like they open it up to you, but like there's a another like boss fight when they teach you it kind of. Oh, okay. But that's a thing too. They don't they don't tell you that you're not supposed to know about this until later because there was a, I was watching another video and they're like make sure that you never interlink when your fusion level is it when your level is under three and I was like right yes I was like oh I was doing that the oh, whole time you do that like that's literally the only thing I'm doing um, but they kind of explain that stuff to you and I would also uh, disagree sometimes with, with with that statement but anyway um, I wish um, this is on like not a video game in the attack on titan books uh, attack on titan like the premise of it is like kind of hard to wrap your head it's not hard to wrap your head around it's just there's a lot of questions that you're like how the fuck did this happen um 
and in the books in like the second or third chapter uh it basically just gives you like the explanation of like here's where humanity's at you'll learn how the wall like like because in attack on titan like humanity is like lives in in these three walls and you're instantly like how did they make the walls if the titans were attacking and all this sort of stuff and the book literally is like we will talk about the walls creation later don't worry about it yeah yeah and it's like oh awesome that means i don't have to think about this you know what i mean and wonder yeah, about all this yeah. stuff i wish the game did that a little bit more of like you see this ui element we'll talk about it later you know what i mean like like don't worry about it um, I, I just but, it, I, I wish it was more consistent with doing that kind of stuff like sure, how yeah. at the beginning of the game they slowly unlock things but then all yes, of a sudden yes. they just give you most of the stuff and they just assume you know what it is <laughs> yes um but um i i overall that said we were just very critical of it for a moment. I am liking it. Uh, I, I do like it quite a bit. Um, once you start to find classes, like new classes uh, that you really like, uh, I've gotten to the point where I'm like, oh, I love this class. The uh, the sword, fi- the fencer sword fighter that you get from um, Ethel. Ethel is like the best yeah, <laughs> it's like yeah. the best one in my opinion um and so like i have a really fun time using that uh, in combat and using that with other skills and and like really like shaping the team up my favorite thing actually is doing the hero missions to see like first of all because those story missions are like in my opinion like the best ones um and they're you know they're all optional but then also it's fun to be like what kind of abilities am i gonna get and am i gonna like this or is this complete dog shit um but yeah it, it, i am i'm liking it a lot um I think that its stories is interesting. The characters I've warmed up to a lot more. Um, some even some of the characters who I didn't like off the bat, like Tyon, I was like, okay, I do not like this because um, a lot of them are like stock in the same way that like a lot of JRPGs are just like, well, here's a stock character. Yeah, uh, yeah. But I think where they go and where they where they grow um, is a lot of fun. And like he, he just had this little arc where I was like, oh, I I get you more now, man, and and you're trying to be someone else now, and and I like that about you. Um, yeah, so as as a big Xenoblade fan, how are you finding it? I mean, I'm I'm going to have to look at myself in the mirror for like a long time and really ask myself, do I like this game better or Horizon better <laughs> for my game of the year currently? Um, oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Um I I think it to me this is like it hits so many things that I like and I think this game is ultimately way more playable than the other Xenoblade games. Um that I think you'll you'll have a hard time going back to other Xenoblades, and I don't know yeah. if I can necessarily recommend you do that, um, just because of the the ease of playing this game that that mm-hmm. there is. I think you could potentially go back and maybe play Xenoblade One, uh, the the remastered version, yeah, on Switch because they do make things a little bit easier. But I just think the polish and everything that they do in this game is is great. Uh, one of my favorite things to do is just kind of like walk around the open world and look for new like like fill out the map and try to fill it out to either find mm-hmm. new quests or little secret areas or uh, boss characters. Um, the combat like I'm actually having this this struggle about moving the difficulty up and down in the game because mm. I feel like if I am leveled in like story missions and if it's on hard, it's a little bit too hard for me. But if I'm like in the open world, the hard is a little bit better because it just makes me have to think about combat more than just kind of like auto attacking and auto battling. Yeah. Um, but when, when the, the game is clicking on all cylinders uh, for me, there's it's one of the, the better games I, I've played this year. 
that's interesting. I mean, obviously, for, you know how I feel about Horizon. So, like, for me, the answer is oh, yeah, yeah, much it, clear, it, like yeah, yeah, this yeah. or that, like this, way, way more. Yeah, but. Um, but well, hey, we're going to stop our Xenoblade conversation right there. Uh, if you're looking for more Xenoblade conversation, a little bit of video content, head on over to patreon.com slash hitboxpod. Go ahead and be a $3, was a deluxe podcast producer. You will get access to uh, the additional conversation we're about to have about the game, a little bit of video content, like I said, as well as all of the other um, uh, additional bonus episodes that we've recorded. Uh, last week we did a fun one about uh, like a, we did a little video game personality quiz, which was kind of fun. Um, all that good stuff and more can be found at uh, patreon.com slash hitboxpod. I think this is the end of the show, so I might as well also plug our Twitter account, again, at hitboxpod on Twitter, um, and our Discord server once more. Link to that is in the description of this episode. Join us. Show us your chain links. Uh, that Those Uruburos chains, um, wow, changed the game up. Doing way, way too much damage. Um Am I forgetting anything, Justin? Follow us on Twitter. Give us a, you know, a, a five-star rating on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you're listening to this. Uh, Share it with a friend. We, we've been uh, putting a few uh, YouTube videos out, uh, breaking down some of our um, yeah. podcasts in, uh, into some uh, additional viewing. So please uh, follow us there, too. You know, just do the full follow. Follow us everywhere. Wherever you see Hitbox Podcast uh, with uh, Justin and Peter, just follow us, uh, love us, and rate us positively. We did the face reveal, man. I wasn't even prepared. Oh. I had no idea. I had no idea we were doing the face reveal. This is my face. It's what I look like. I've I've got actually. I have to shave because uh, I have this the Star Lord sideburns going on. Nice. Um, keep them. Keep them. I, I had them for a long time uh, in the year 2019, uh, but it looked better with my short hair. Right now, it just like you know, you know what's up. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> you're really doing the uh the uh chris um hemsworth uh chris pratt kind of like mixture like yeah. star lord meets uh long-haired thor i thought we were gonna get more of that in love and thunder more, more of the guardians i was a little disappointed that their role was basically what their role was in the trailer yeah but yeah. i'm excited to see the next guardians movie and what yeah, they do and with we're that. getting more of them with the holiday special coming later this year and the Groot uh, series that comes out now soon later yeah, I'm not watching that you it's just 20 minutes of content man total yeah they're like shorts okay so then maybe I'll watch those maybe what, I'll just like, what's put them the on. worst that happens you hate them how many videos do you watch on the YouTube <laughs> or the true, TikTok just... that you just don't like at all and then you just you stick with them anyway so when I'm watching get... something like not suspect but when i'm watching something like that i'm not totally convinced i'm going to like on youtube i'll I'll play it on two times speed and be like let's like let's get to the point <laughs> see if i like this and then i'll go check out your other videos you know yeah. what i mean yeah yeah I feel um, again you can find our videos on is our youtube account just called hitbox podcast <laughs> i wish it were um listen listener if you if, if we get a hundred subscribers to our youtube channel we can name it a very convenient name as of now it's a bunch of zeros and ones um, but we'll put the link wherever we can. Oh, but our our actual page though is called oh, yeah, Hitbox yeah. Exclamation Point. Yes, the URL is 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 a mess, um, guys. It's a mess. Yes, a garbled mess. But yeah, check us out on there. Like I said, check us out on Patreon. We will catch you next week talking about I don't know some news. Always remember, old games are old. Bye, bye.
I'll stop recording. <laughs> <laughs>